Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage where it will form a new part of conservative policy to, I don't know, bring back hanging? Is that where we are now? I'm Joel, the man who puts the eesh into Rishi Sunak. And across from me is John Harris, a man who is considering standing in his local election next year. John, what are you going to wear on your head? Is it going to be a bucket? Is it going to be a bin? What's left? Two buckets and a bin. Great. We should say for our international listeners, in recent UK elections, there's been Lord Buckethead and Count Binface. Mm. Do they know yeah. each other? There's, so during the elections, it's quite easy to run as an independent. So there's this big sort of swath of you just got to pay a deposit, and anyone can do yeah. it. Yeah. So you and so what happened? And then when they go to count the votes, everyone who's running has to stand next to each other. So in key seats, usually the one that the prime minister's got, but also like when Farage was a big thing, Al yep. Murray did it. Um, in key seats, yeah, people will do it in fancy dress. I've definitely seen. I'm sure when it was Theresa May back in the day, that was like an Elmo as well as Count Bentface. And there stuff. was. It is quite amazing television because it will on election night. It will cut to all of the seven hundred odd constituents, six hundred and something constituencies, and they'll. A representative will read out the uh, results of the votes. And like you say, if you've paid your deposit, you have a right to be there on stage and hear the count. And it does mean that sometimes it cuts to like Boris Johnson finding out he's been re-elected MP for Uxbridge while the honey monster stands behind him. (laughs) Well, actually, no, that's a bad example. They would look pretty similar. You might have a situation where the honey monster is wrongly selected as the MP for Uxbridge. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the good little quirks of British politics. I big time. John, I love election night yeah? so much. Ah. Oh, I I once back in the day, I look, I did my time. I worked I briefly did some work for the Liberal Democrats. We've all got past we're not mm. proud of. But it well, I will say it was pre-coalition when <laughs> there was a sense of something going on there. And I went to one of the counts. I was in the town hall when they were counting all the votes. I was following oh, wow. around. It was electric. I like the idea that, you know, like Joel becomes famous one day and, you know, people find these horrible tweets or videos of people saying. Mine. Yeah. Mine is a, a photo of me holding a placard that says Lib Dems winning here. 
<laughs> you have to like do an apology video. Oh man, I really hope not. I, I, I quickly abandoned the party post-coalition and I saw sense and of course I'm now a paid up member of the BMP. Right, let's do some film ideas. <clears throat> Here's one from Joe, 21 Elm Street. I don't know if it's Channing Tatum. They've actually written Changing Tatum, which is a very good idea for a future week. <laughs> I don't know if it's Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill as Freddy Krueger or Freddy Krueger going undercover in a high school. I assume the latter. It's, yeah. I think Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, hello fellow kids in it, is the idea, right? That's definitely the way to do it. So 21 Jump Street is cops undercover at high school. It's a comedy. Freddy yeah, Krueger yeah, yeah. is a creature that appears in your dreams. Mm -hmm. How... Could, could Freddy Krueger be hired Inception style to like, you know, go undercover in people's dreams? Yeah, I would, I, I'd say if you were picking anyone to go undercover, <laughs> Freddy Krueger's a pretty- You think the big scissor hands and the sort of gloopy yeah, face the, will get in the way? It's not a great choice. I reckon what's happened is there's some sort of spell that rips Freddy Krueger from the dream world into the real world, which that has to be the plot of one. Aren't there like 10 films that star Freddy Krueger? There has to be one where he's like portal. Has into the Freddy Krueger ever left the dream world? Good question. And, and is he, has he joined the dream factory? And what happens is he has to go undercover at a school. No, I'm not really sure why. Maybe so that he can get access to the school's lab and perform some sort of seance experiment to get himself back to the dream world. He wants to go back in. Yeah. But the only way that he can gain access to the darker area of the library and the lab after dark is if he becomes a model pupil and is elected head boy. <laughs> yeah, famously, they're the only ones who have access to that special library. I feel like prefects probably... Aren't there some schools where prefects have like their own little room? Like I reckon at private schools, oh, that's probably really? a thing. Is it? Yeah, that feels, that feels and like within them, have You have the power to... There's a portal to the dream world. Yeah. That's a private school thing. I was Googling about, I was trying to Google Freddy Krueger leaving the dream world, right? To see whether yeah. he has in the film. Uh, and all I found was a post from a year ago in r slash horror, which says, where does Freddy Krueger go when he isn't in a dream? Whoa. That's a great question. Oh, someone so he just is, oh, someone's, someone's, someone's always, always asleep. Dreaming. He's pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's like always Santa. dreaming. Someone's always dreaming. Sounds like a, I don't know. It sounds like a Christmas song. Um, okay. <laughs> that's good. I've just realized that the, a lot of the Barbie movie takes place somewhere called Barbie's Dreamland. And that would be an incredibly easy place for Freddy Krueger to infiltrate and just cause complete chaos. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Again, another idea for a future week. Or maybe it will replace my quite lukewarm idea for this week. Stay tuned so, and find out. Freddy Krueger, the whole point is if he kills you in your dream, he, you die in real life, right? Yeah. Maybe for some weird reason, the quirk is when he comes to the real world, if he kills you in the real world, you don't die. <laughs> Right, you just keep coming back. So these pupils just keep reappearing the next yeah. day at school. Yeah. Like he, he'll stab them and they'll fall down on the ground and then the doctor will come over and say, yeah, it's got a pulse. <laughs> yeah. I don't the school, know what uh, school, I know that like, school nurses have, haven't got a great reputation, but I think they can probably <laughs> tell if someone's alive. <laughs> okay, so Freddy Krueger infiltrates the school. He has to behave in an exemplary manner. A's across the board. He's elected head boy. And at that moment, he unveils his evil plan to open up this big portal, suck everyone to the dream world and kill them all. Great. But uh, he's sort of the hero. So there's a really fun bit where as he's like, he befriends all the geeks, right? Because he wants to be the, the most academic. So he befriends the geeks to try and mm -hmm. you know use their sort of skills to 
to help him get into back to the dream world. But in the process, he plays Dungeons and Dragons with them. He oh, hangs he out with it. them on the weekend. Yep. He watches horror films with them to get good ideas. He he really falls for them as a group. And, you know, co- counter to that, he, he also becomes big enemy with the jock. And so he the goes first- and pops all their balls with his spiky hands. <laughs> yeah. Be- oh, and the geeks are all like hiding behind the bleachers. Yes. Giggling. Oh, great stuff. And yeah. And so then at the end, obviously the first person he goes for is the big jock. When he, when he finally is back into the dreamland, kills the hell out of them. It's great stuff. Well done, John. How about an idea from your side of the ideas? Oh, this one's from my side of the ideas, and it is from Martin. 2001 Espace Odyssey, turn of the millennium road trip story featuring the original Renault people carrier. Espace Odyssey. It's good. The Renault Espace was pretty um, ubiquitous, wasn't it, for a period of time? It's interesting how... The Citroën Saxo and the Renault Espace were... were, um, They took up 99% of Britain's roads circa 2000 to 2006. So I think my family had the... The, the Sharon? The what's that? Is that a Volkswagen? No, what's the Sharon? The Sharon? Yeah, car. I'm sure it was called Sharon. There's not big people there's... carrier. Sharon people carrier. <laughs> I'm That's sh- just going to be a woman called Sharon who does like the school run. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in trouble here because nothing's coming up. Sharon uh, people wagon. Yeah, the Volkswagen Sharon. Well, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, a uh, Sharon. Why is everything pronounced weirdly in cars? It's it should technically be an e space. It's interesting that you're um your very devout French family eschewed the Citroen Saxo and the Renault Espace to go for the very German Volkswagen Sharon. And we had the Volvo V70, also not a French car for the record. Whoa. You are, couple- John, let me tell you this. You are so V70. Oh, I, the, you you think I'm V70. Meet my dad. He is your V70 dad. personified. He's VV70. <laughs> VV70. You know what we're um, saying? Uh, Renault Espace goes to space. Yeah, is so, it like, hey, here's what happens. Elon Musk is desperate to drive one of those cars into space. Yeah. And he keeps having failed attempt after failed attempt. And then little Jonathan Renault, who runs Renault, he actually launches the first car into space and it's an Espace. It's an arms yeah, race. It's an arms race to get because, the Espace into space. <laughs> Fat, nice and your, fast. One of, your fav- one of your famous sayings again. Always good to yeah, get Yeah, it's an arms race to get the Espace into space. <laughs> Very fast. Very fast. Uh, yeah, no, I like that idea. And it's like Tesla, is, you know, it's that famous thing of like the Americans built this a pen that could go underwater 100,000 degrees, blah, 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 zero gravity. And the, the Russians brought a pencil, right? Yeah. It's that sort of thing. And so Tesla over engineering everything. And it turns out everything they need to get a car into space just happened to already be it was, uh, yeah, model it was standard in the shot. <laughs> In the east, in the espace, there's just a button on the on the dash. <laughs> hey, come on! That nobody had pressed before. What uh, is what is a button on the dash? That you, is there a button on the dash of your car that you never pressed before? I'm not. A when I was di- a kid, I think this is. I think this happens a lot. When I was a kid, my dad was at the jet wash, mm. jet washing the car, and I was quite bored. And I was just started pressing buttons on the dash, and I took the lighter out. And I just stuck my thumb on the end of the lighter and held it down and really blistered my thumb really badly. And I can still sort of feel the pain and imagine the great big blister on the end of my thumb. Oh, that's not And him calling me an idiot. I would say in modern cars, the sort of air conditioning unit has about 47 buttons, one of which I've probably never pushed. 
Can I make a confession here? Please. The listeners respect me and trust me, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And you do too. Sometimes. Okay. I'll take that. John, I don't really know what cruise control is. I I don't think that's anything to be embarrassed about. I think there'll be loads of listeners saying, yep, agreed. Because you still have to drive the car. Isn't that the one where it just stays at a certain speed? No? Am I wrong? But but what? If you take your foot off the gas? I don't know, Joe. I'm really... I've been taking driving lessons. I've been taking driving lessons recently as a 32-year-old man. I'm not the man to be talking about... Yeah, yeah, but I passed my test a long time ago. What are they teaching you now? (laughs) Aqua. I'm learning. I'm stunt driving. I'm (laughs) me and Tom Cruise. (laughs) I I can drive, but I've got a kid these days. I need to brush up on my stunt driving. (laughs) You're just doing donuts with you. So this is how you do donuts, but with a child seat in the back. (laughs) This is the safest way to drive through a hoop of flames. Uh, Look, I just want to go to a spas, okay? Leave me alone. (laughs) I've probably told this story many times on the podcast and I don't want you to besmirch the good name of your driving instructor because they might be lovely but I've heard lots of driving instructor stories about driving instructors who are mad and the best one I ever heard is that a guy that I used to work with many many years ago was learning to drive and uh, his driving instructor pulled out in front of his house bip bip and he went and got in the car sat down in the driver's seat looked over his shoulder and there was a huge snake loose on the back seat of the car <laughs> and the, the driver instructor said oh don't mind him but today's lesson we what? are driving we are driving to the vets so that we can check its sex well, that is that is nuts <laughs> that is nuts every week or not nuts like depending that. depending on the yeah, yeah it depends, what the, depends what the vet finds every every week there was a story like that absolutely that mad like you're already so nervous when you're learning to drive a car without like a cobra appearing in your rear view mirror. <laughs> uh, I remember the... Imagine the dri- if you turned the radio on and it was snake charming music. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? It'd oh, that would it, be good. Yeah. Keep it still. Um, yeah, I would say that my, my, my driving test was one of the most anxiety-inducing moments in my sort of early 20s or late teens. I think a lesson with a snake in the back would have really sort of put everything into perspective. <laughs> That guy was probably re- like ready to pass that test. Oh yeah, yeah. You're saying it would wheel them on, or maybe you'd get so used to it you'd never be able to drive without a snake on the back seat. <laughs> They'd be just so desperate for those lessons to be over. They did like six lessons, but they just took it all in because they just never wanted to see that driving instructor ever again. Can we? I, I know this is a um, a Fiat Punto, but can we get one of those dividers up the stretch limos have, please? <laughs> Right. Would you like another one from me? Yeah. What about this one from Matt? Full Mental Jackie. Now, I'll be honest with you. I read that as Full <laughs> Metal Jackie, and I almost prefer That's Full better. Metal Jackie. Is it heavy metal, or is she just like made of <laughs> platinum? What Jackies are there? Is it is Kennedy? Is Jackie Kennedy a thing? Well, what Jackies. Yeah, are but I think worryingly, I think in British discourse now, the most famous Jackie is Jackie Weaver from the parish council meeting during the pandemic. Oh God, yeah. I think she might be our leading Jackie. So we build. Who absolutely milked that for all it was worth. There was a time when Weaver was on like red carpets and stuff. She was on all the big TV shows. I she think got she like might have had her own exclusive podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we lost our minds at that. <laughs> absolutely lost our minds over Weaver. What do you reckon Weaver's worth? I'd love to know. Her, her tax return for 
21-22 is going to be such an anomaly in the history of her <laughs> HMRC records. Like she probably uh, might not have even been self-employed before then, might have just been a PAYE. And then boom, she's got her own exclusive podcast on BBC Sounds. She's on the last leg on a Friday night. She's doing Jonathan Headlining Ross. Glastonbury, it was nice. Yeah, she headlined Glastonbury. I think they're getting her back next one for the legend slot, which is probably more her scene. <laughs> Yeah, she was a, a big deal. I reckon if you'd got, if Full Metal Jackie had been pitched in 2021, she's in straight away. Oh, yeah. She's at least got uh, a cameo. And it would, and to be, and like, uh, during the pandemic, a big thing was like, our cinema's going to sort of collapse. But if they'd made Full, Full Metal Jackie, people would have been going, to, they would have been risking COVID to see that because yeah. people just needed yeah, yeah, yeah. more Jackie Weaver content. Four, four, three years before, Barbie and Oppenheimer, Jackie Weaver could have single-handedly saved cinema. <laughs> In the way that they say Tom Cruise always tries to, Weaver going off a cliff on a motorbike. Oh, pure cinema. Made in, just encased in metal. <laughs> that, my friends, is cinema. I love it. Well, I'm just going to say, for the record, you could also have Jackie Chan in a sort of karate film with a oh, sort of he's robot Jackie the Chan. the famous Jackie. Yeah, that would be good because they would look, Jackie Chan is a complete master of the martial arts. No matter how many goons... They, the bad guy sends at him. He always takes them down. And they're like, "What's the, how can we restrict his martial arts? I know. We'll encase him in metal. And he um, has to learn how to do martial arts while weighing three metric tons. Love it. Um, okay, that's pretty good. Jackie Chan, he's not... I think he does stuff in like in China now, but he's not He's not quite as ubiquitous as he used to be. Like when we were kids, he was he was the guy. My first was DVD was Shanghai Noon. Wow. He was the Jackie Rush, Weaver Rush of his time. And Rush Hour 2, I remember loving oh, so gosh, much. Yeah. yeah, he was a, a huge deal. Yeah, um, why did they, Hollywood were like, we don't know what to do with this guy. Put him with a comedy guy. Like every yeah. time. Well, they were, hey, Hollywood went wrong. <laughs> For once. Hey, so. would you like an idea from me? Yes, please. Cool. Okay, well, I'm going to give you one then. How about this one from Danielle? Child's play. A mum gives up trying to buy a present for her child when a doll lands in front of her randomly having come out of the window of BBC Broadcasting House. Elated, she brings the charming doll home and gives it to a very excited child. She starts to notice something's off when the kid starts asking for a urinal in the bathroom, hating sand <laughs> and different flavours of hot cross buns. What can she do? So it's Chucky Charles But it's Adrian Charles. But it's Adrian Charles. <laughs> I love it. 10 out of 10 would watch. It's an Adrian Charles doll come to life. And I guess it's quite a lot less threatening if it's just kind of punting out the Adrian Charles style columns and, you know, five live phone-in content. Adrian Charles is sort of a blind spot for me. I am aware of his hilarious newspaper editorial yeah. headlines, but I don't really well, know much else about him. He's a big football guy. He was the lead host on ITV for football for quite a long time. And he did match the day two and has done lots of other football things and he's got a show on Five Live. But I would say that in the last few years, he's risen to prominence with the fact that he can churn out a column for the Guardian <laughs> newspaper every week and it is guaranteed to go viral on Twitter because it will be something like, I don't know why everyone thinks this weird. I've got a urinal in my bathroom. Hot cross buns have gone mad. There's too many flavours these days. He's not wrong. His fingers on the pulse. I don't know if I'm alone, but I've got a favourite spoon. These are the kind of things he is able to come up with this. And some of them are as long as 300 words. And he is able to do that every single week, like clockwork. He's Britain's greatest columnist. I, I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, that's, that's incredible stuff. 
So does the mum have an? Does the mum take issue with this, and they have to banish the doll at some point? What's how? How do you get rid of an Adrian Charles doll? Oh, that's such a good point. Such a good question. How do you get rid of a Charles doll? I think you have to bring in a rival doll, maybe. But I don't know who Charles' natural rival is. Really, he's such a kind, lovely man, very cuddly man. Maybe the she's worried because the kid keeps going to school, and let's be honest, the kid's getting bullied for saying things like "What's your favourite spoon?" <laughs> On the playground. And so they get rid of the Charles doll. And then we have a scene where the Charles doll, or maybe the rest of the film is the Charles doll trying to make it out there in the real world. Ah, The only thing I will say is, it depending on the age, like a six-year-old, absolutely, that would be a textbook six-year-old conversation. What is your favourite spoon? Do you think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. They love it. um, Spoon uh, chat. That's a worry because that's exactly the sort of conversation I like. And I do like to think I've matured in the last... 25 years but evidently not i think i saw this on fesshole but i definitely am guilty of this so uh, credit to fesshole if i'm plating up dinner for me and my partner and i've got like a bad fork and a good fork i will always give myself the good fork yeah yes <laughs> and the sort of the like the difference in quality between forks in our house is they're like they're it's all normal forks right exactly yeah, yeah, of course. there is you haven't got one sort of horrible haunted fork <laughs> <laughs> and also you haven't just got two forks no i, I could just give, you're no, doing all right you could just swap now. The, you could you've got three brilliant forks and one awful fork <laughs> so like last night's dinner still on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no no no. i do exactly the same thing okay I'm so glad. maybe favorite spoon is guaranteed uh it's good, small talk. It's good content and it is for a six-year-old small, small spoon talk good for ages six to 66 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. Would you like my idea from me? Yes, please. Barbie Arian. A woman rents an Airbnb in a rundown part of town. She finds a secret room leading to the basement that is full of Barbies come to life. Amazing. There you go. So That's it. Uh, for the record, Joel hasn't seen this, but I'm sure I think Stu or one of our listeners has sent us a barbarian variant as as a as a movie idea oh, as well. No. So oh, just no, cross, I'm so sorry. Cross crediting. Cross crediting. 
Did you see that famous Zoopla listing? Do you remember this where it was like a house up north and the whole rest of the house was completely normal except for one room which was full of Tasmanian yeah. dolls. <laughs> Tasmanian it devil dolls. It was completely dolls. dedicated to the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Did that, does that add value? <laughs> or does that remove value? I'll give you half a mil, but you've got to keep, I'm taking the Tasmanian Devils. Have I, many moons ago, John, I worked for a children's radio station, as did you. As did I. And I once had to go and do my favourite thing in radio, Vox Pops, at <laughs> Hamley's Toy Store in London, oh, which is maybe the world's leading toy store. It's seven floors of fun. And it was for the launch of a brand new Spyro the Dragon Skylanders game. Ooh. Yes. And one of the DJs on the children's radio station was doing a little bit of a disco. And I was going around asking all the excited children about their favorite Spyro the Dragon Skylander characters. A subject I am very across and know everything about <laughs> and was able to ask, definitely able to ask more questions than who's your favorite Spyro the Dragon Skylander character? <laughs> I was able to ask in depth about their attributes and abilities and nuances. Anyway. At one point in the proceedings, a child comes over to me and says, Hello, would you like to talk to me? I have the world's largest collection of Spyro the Dragon Skylander <laughs> merchandise. And I said, Wow, that's cool. How do you know? And she said, Because the people at the Guinness World Records have come to my house and counted. Wow. And I said, Wow, that's so cool. And she said, That's nothing. I also have Britain's largest collection of Pokemon merchandise. So much so that my mum has moved out of her big bedroom into a much smaller bedroom to accommodate my large collection of Pokemon merchandise. What? And I said, wow, I'd love to talk to you about this for the radio. But before I interview you, can we get your mum's permission to record? And she said, I'm 31. Was Crikey. What yeah. that? Yeah, and I and then the mum came. The mum was there, and the mum came over and showed me photos. And that Tasmanian Devil house just looked like a normal house compared to this home. Like there were there was Pokemon merchandise you could never believe they made. Like you know, like a Pikachu spiralizer, and you know, it was just like unbelievable. Uh, and it took over the entire house. And then you know the Skylanders collection was kind of in the shed. Anyway, I, I actually have absolutely no idea why I'm talking about this. So, uh, can I tell you about my my sort of in, uh, children's radio station interview experience? Yes. So I had to go to Thorpe Park to interview Ella Eyre. Yeah, I've interviewed Ella Eyre. Have you? <laughs> yeah. I have. No, I've interviewed Ella Henderson oh. at, at, at the Girl Guides Big Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Thorpe Park to interview Ella Eyre, and it was piercing it down with rain. And mm -hmm. we went in and we sat down. And it was like in a, it was in some sort of cavernous warehouse, and it was just me, her, and like one PR person. It was very weird, and the probably the most sort of demoralising moment of my radio career was the face that she made when I had to explain to her that although in this moment I would be interviewing her, if she could react as if she wasn't talking to me because she was actually being interviewed by Robot, the robot from the <laughs> Breakfast Show. <laughs> I also had to do that once when I was interviewing Postman Pat. 
<laughs> good stuff. It's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. <laughs> so anyway, Barbarian, let's have one from you. Sorry. Uh, what about this one from me? Walk to me, a haunted treadmill. <laughs> good. Okay. Is it just one at the gym or does someone buy it for their home? And every time they go for a run, it... Um, you know, because what happened, Sean, what happened is they accidentally bought a Heloton and every time they cycled, oh, very every good. time they cycled, it opened up a portal to hell and they were like, there's just no way I'm cycling anymore. I'm going to get a treadmill for my house. And they only went and got a bloody haunted treadmill that gets, that brings in a ghost every time you are. For, for context, for those who, who might not know, Talk To Me is the big sort of hot horror film of the moment. And it's about a haunted hand where if you touch it, you converse with the dead. Apparently it's great. But the problem is, John, it's scary. As Freddy Cats won't be seeing it. Although you you watched Barbarian over the weekend, which is why you had that idea, right? I did, and I was scared. Actually, we'll talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about it right, a bit fine, after, fine, John. Fine. Have you got a favourite film from the list of films before we talk about real films in the bit after the bit where we talk about fake films? Can we give it to Matt for Full Metal Jackie, even though he didn't say Full Metal Jackie? Let's give it to Matt for Full Metal Jackie, and it's a good job we're wrapping up because Adrian Charles is walking into the room holding an enormous spoon and a look of anger. Well done, John. Well done, Joel. Talk to me about Barbarian and your big run. Barbarian and my big run. I uh, watched Barbarian at the weekend, which is which was one of those big horror movie hits from last year was it mm, yeah you know the deal they make it for a few million quid it comes to the cinema big word of mouth hit like smile has justin long in it has justin long in it um and i watched it and i would say the first 20 minutes i found scary and unsettling and then they reveal the monster and the monster's pretty silly <laughs> and then after the monster's been revealed I was in it. I was in for the ride and it was just a fun, silly time. But I enjoyed it. It was good. Sometimes I'll find myself out of podcasts. So I I know the plot of Barbarian because I listen to like a spoiler chat about it. And I always yep. think the plot sounds, I'd, I don't know why I can't just watch these films. I'd find this riveting in a horrible way. Yeah, I know. But then you watch them and then you get scared. But you were saying to me, you think you're going to, I don't know where, why you believe this about yourself, but you reckon in 10 years time, you're going to be I'm the gonna horror be a big, guy. I'm going to be a big horror guy. I've decided yeah. I'm going to face my fear and then embrace it. Face we it should, and embrace it. We, it's probably about time we launched another side project. So we should we should get you watching like the lowest level horror films and slowly build up your tolerance. Project Fear. That's a good name for it. Yeah. Where you watch will, like, The Witches and then progress slowly through. I will say that that is basically exactly what the Reply All guys did a few years ago. Yeah. Well, we haven't been cancelled. Um, I also <laughs> I also watched Barbie oh yes the I don't know if you've heard of it it's the film about the popular toy Barbie okay absolutely amazing I went and watched it at the Everyman King's Cross oh um, lovely cinema lovely cinema uh, packed out screen packed out screen of well behaved people laughing and having a nice time oh. and it was great I loved it I thought it was so good I haven't but, got much more to say on it really Margot Robbie brilliant Ryan Gosling Ryan Gosling's fucking great. I was thinking about this after the film. Like, my favourite Ryan Gosling films. Barbie. Blade Runner. La La Land. Nice guys. Crazy Stupid Love. Nice guys. The guy's range is like... Is it, does anyone have range like that? I'm not sure Maybe he's on definitely... a par, but no one... 
is doing anything, taking bigger swings than that, are they? Blade Runner 2049 and Barbie and being brilliant in both of them. He's, when like, was it called Blue Valentine came out and everyone fell mm. in love with him and then The Notebook. Yeah. And, and he was like the cool sort of new Hollywood, slightly alt guy. And I thought, oh, he, he seems quite dull and yeah, I'm uh, whatever. But as time has gone on, almost the more annoying thing about him is like, he's clearly really talented. He picks good projects and he's also like, just seems really funny. And that yeah. almost, that annoys me more than anything else. Like you, can't you just be like cool and handsome? You don't have to also be really funny. Yeah, I know it is. Trust me, it's pretty tough. Um, <laughs> and guess. his musical number is brilliant. It's so I mean, good. I've heard oh, it. Man. It's catchy. I've, I've had it in my head and I haven't even seen uh, the film. It's going to be that up against Peaches for best original song, isn't it? At the Oscars. What a, what a medley. Jack Black, what a one, Ryan two, Gosling. They, oh, do you reckon we'll get live performances of them both? The Oscars is back. I don't know, because like I say, Ryan Gosling is funny and he has been very self-aware. I'm not sure he's self-aware enough to pre- perform a song as Ken at the Oscars, but that would be amazing. I think he might. Jack Black, however, he'll be back. They won't even have him scheduled and he'll be, what he'll about be there performing pictures. Jack Black does Ken and Ryan Gosling does Bowser. Here we go. There you go. Um, and also, I ran a half marathon, John, and it was really far. Yeah? And I've still John, got a scab on one of my nipples. Sometimes when you're bored, you run a half marathon on a Sunday. Uh, sometimes, but not that often. I did a proper official one at the at Battersea Park. Now, John, the problem with that is that it was just nine laps of Battersea Park. And towards the last few laps, I knew where everything was in Battersea Park. So I'd run past a bin and I'd be like, oh, that bin's not even a fifth of the way around. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Park. it's demoralizing. And it just became a series of, like, it was like an old Scooby-Doo cartoon where the background loops because they had an animated, like, endless background. That was what the run was like. It was like, oh, there goes Joel running past that bin again. There goes Joel running past that bollard with a hazard sign on it again. Like, I was running away from the villain, but my, my background would repeat every few minutes. Uh, so I would uh, recommend it. I would recommend, recommend if you're going to do a half marathon, do one where you just get nice and distracted all the whole way. Because I am doing another one in a couple of months. And but I it's just one course. big loop. It's just it's one big... No, it's not even a loop. It's just a, a run line. down the coast. And you run, uh, John, you run past four castles. So shut the front cool. door. Yeah, that's right. Uh, talk to me about medals. Is it the Battersea Power Station? What is it? Uh, no, it's a bit more boring than that. Hang on. For the listener, Joel is uh, waving at the camera and walking off to get his medal. Oh, he's put it on. Hello. That's nice. Yeah, there he's it is. just kissed the medal. There you oh. go, guys. Yeah, that's right. I ran half as far as a marathon. Very good. Uh, and yeah, you, my nipple, one of my nipples is still a little bit scabby. So there you go. What you about you, lost... John? What have you been enjoying? Uh, Secret Invasion, I have not been enjoying. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Sorry. Yeah, I... Sorry, Kevin Feige. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was... Uh, <laughs> actually, I was, just, I was thinking through anything. And I texted Joel earlier because Peter Andre said that he's got an epic biopic on the way. And I said that we were going to spend the whole episode talking about that. That is not what I wanted to talk about. Although, yep. just one thing to make clear. The tweet from Digital Spy doesn't make it clear whether it is a Peter Andre biopic. He could just be making one about Napoleon. Yeah, he could be playing Napoleon. That'd be pretty cool. We need to, I think we need to investigate the Superglue tour. We've had listeners tweet in, messaging, asking (laughs) to see it, basically. To see this, for anyone who didn't listen to last week's episode, Joel's favourite landmark in London is a Superglue tube that is stuck to the ground and hasn't moved for years. And yeah. I'm scared it's not there anymore. Yeah, I'm worried. I haven't seen it in maybe a year. 
So I might go and investigate that in the next couple of days. Buy a and then I will plan just in case. T- yeah. And then I will plan a tour of the super glue tube. I'm thinking 50 quid ahead. <laughs> we'll do a live show that evening, but in the day, super glue tour. That's a good, that's a good double bill, isn't it? <laughs> and then anyone that comes to the live show that missed it, will film it and we'll play at half time. We'll play super glue being found. And at the show, we will, I will be perform, selling- at, the, at the show, I will perform a live rendition of Lionel Richie's Stuck On You. <laughs> <laughs> and as much we will be selling massively up-priced bottles of super glue yeah yeah we're, we're just gonna write joel and john on them in <laughs> sharpie <laughs> so look forward to that oh good I, i'm excited to do that yeah so stand stand by your beds for a big announcement <laughs> for the super glue tour this is how we make our riches i always knew i said to you for so long john i said it's not patreon I said, it's not TikTok. I said, what it is, is tours of a very specific street corner of Liverpool Street. And you would say, don't mention that on the podcast. It's stupid. And two people have requested it. So you're going to eat your words. You're going to be, that's 100 quid. That's 100 quid. Not including tip. Right. Well done. See you the same time next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea Tell your friends that you like the show Follow us on social media Then you'll be the best listener